go, yes, we rotate. 360 degrees, high, high, 360 degrees, high, high, 306, 306, 360 degrees, high, high, Good evening and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program here on KPFA 94.1. It's an election year and we want to talk about it. What's changed since 2008? On tonight's show, we heard a lot about hope in 2008. Apprentice David Delagrande has something to say about that four-letter word. We will also be joined by a representative from the League of Women Voters to learn about voter suppression in this year's election. <laughs> and this would not be a democracy if we did not hear from you. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to give you, our listening audience, the opportunity to communicate with us. And you'll be able to call in. I'm going to give you a number right now, 510-848-4425, but that's later in the show. I'm Joy Moore with my co-host, Teresa Adams, and we'll be right back. Take a deep breath. In 2008, Barack Obama ran for president with a promise of hope. Now, eight years later, Apprentice David Delagrande wants to know if we, th if we think hope was merely a four-letter word or if there is something we can find to truly believe in. Let's hear what he has to say. Hope is one of those words that gets tossed up when the chips are down. It is usually the last thing we say before we reach a state of desperation. Hope is that bottom of the barrel goodness for when we don't know our outcome. Hope is desire mixed with expectation. Yet as easily as it can be lumped together with the other muck, other four-letter words like love or however feeble or easily dismissed it may seem, hope has given the will to live and to survive to many people in many unfortunate circumstances. When hope is used in its fullest potential, it can be the destroyer of obstacles and a very powerful ally. It was surprising to see that President Obama utilized that intangible force of hope when he ran for office in 2008. This is what it sounded like. But the reason our campaign has always been different, the reason we began this improbable journey almost a year ago, is because it's not just about what I will do as president. It is also about what you, the people who love this country, the citizens of the United States of America can do to change it. That's what this election is all about. What charm. What poise. Hearing that voice, I just melt. I'm walking on a cloud. My heart is turned on. I've got all the endorphins I could want. 
with the surge of the crowd, all that intensity. It's like being at a rock concert. Obamonos. Yes, we can. We were called the new majority. And who doesn't remember that amazing feeling at the inauguration? Then, like any good crash, the election was over. I got my swig of hope, and I kept on my way, and life resumed as usual. To his credit, President Obama did give us his disclaimer in his inaugural speech, saying, The road is long and fraught with difficulties, etc. We knew that he was going in up against Capitol Hill. And we sent him in with a good hope that he would bring the change to the White House. We witnessed the opposition to his every move. We got through the re-election process. At times, I couldn't tell if our hero was winning or losing. But we kept up our hope. And everything that he ever said had that silver lining. And I was assured that all was well. Coming near the end of his term, deportations have increased, Guantanamo is still open, there's still domestic spying, militarized police, droning, etc. I know that these things were started by other administrations, but change was coming, right? The road ahead will be long. Our climb will be steep. We may not get there in one year or even in one term. But America, I have never been more hopeful than I am tonight that we will get there. I promise you, I know, we I as know. a people I can't will be mad get at there. you, President Obama. No. Presidents are only a gear in the wheel of the political machine, like good administrators of the will of the people. Having to steer that monolith, that political machine must be taxing. We sent our guy in there, and Lord knows we didn't know what was going to happen to him. We sent in our hero against all odds. The road was steep. We sent in a man with our hope to change the machine, to change Washington. We went out. We voted him in. We did that. We. In reality, The only thing that needed changing was us. You see, President Obama told us exactly what we needed to know all along. That we are the new majority. And yes, we are greater together. He didn't give us our hope. He may have woken it up, but it's been there all along. And it's there now. Hope is in the native peoples resisting the Dakota Access Pipeline. It's in those fighting for clean water in Flint, Michigan. It's in the communities affected by Hurricane Sandy, Katrina, Matthew. The communities of Freddie Gray, Alex Nieto. Hope is inside of us. To quote Barack Obama, Hope is that thing inside of us that insists, despite all evidence to the contrary, that something better awaits us if we have the courage to reach for it and to work for it. Hope is the belief that destiny will not be written for us, 
but by us, by the men and women who are not content to settle for the world as it is, who have the courage to remake the world as it should be. You see, hope is misplaced if it is placed solely on our leaders, when it is we, in fact, who have the power. Estamos unidos. Yes, we can. All right. I need another swig of that juice. Give me another swig of hope. It's been you who fueled my dogged faith in our future, even when the odds were great, even when the road is long. Hope in the face of difficulty. Hope in the face of uncertainty. The audacity of hope. America, you've vindicated that hope these past eight years. Thank you for this incredible journey. Let's keep it going. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. Thank you, Phil Circle. President Obama. This is David de la Gran. Keep the hope alive. Full circle. We believe you just heard electioneering by Radiohead, but it was a little chaotic, so just like our election year, so we're not quite sure. <laughs> uh, and before the music break, we heard David Delagrand speak about hope. And I think what he meant in the end was that hope comes from us having faith in ourselves more than in our leaders. Great piece, David. Thank you for sharing. Joy, what's next on our agenda? All right, we're going to stay in that uh, politics mode. And it's true, I think many people believe that voting is important. And there's many people who don't. But there are always forces at work to try to suppress the vote of the people historically. All the people who are historically disenfranchised, there's somebody out there working to keep them from voting. Women's votes have been suppressed. People of color, ex-offenders, and the youth um, there's even evidence that the established Democratic Party suppressed the vote of Bernie Sanders in the primaries. 
Tonight, we're joined by uh, Lee Lawrence, who is a clinical psychologist and former faculty member at Harvard University. She also taught at UCLA and in San Diego. She is currently um, government director with the League of Women Voters of California. Ms. Lawrence is a past president of the League of Women Voters of Diablo Valley and a past board member of the ACLU of Northern California and the Unitarian Universalist Justice Ministry. Welcome, Lee. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Joy. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, I've known about the League of Women Voters and people hear of it all the time, and it's been around for many, many years. Can you um, give us a brief history and mission of the League of Women Voters? Sure. Um, We are actually direct political descendants of the suffragists and feminists who brought the 19th Amendment, giving women the right to vote through Congress in the states in 1920. I like to say we double the size of the American electorate without firing a single shot. (laughs) And when the right to vote was established for women in each state and nationally, we transformed the suffrage association into a League of Women Voters. Our mission is really twofold, education and advocacy. Mm. In terms of education, we try to educate voters about what the issues are. We provide unbiased voter services such as active voter registration, moderating candidate debates fairly and impartially, presenting the best arguments for pro and con on ballot measures in public meetings, and observing the polls to make sure all voters are treated fairly. We also do advocacy. After studying issues very carefully in depth, leagues across the nation arrive at a consensus, and we then form a position, which all league members get to vote on, and we then use the positions that we've established for advocacy in the future. For example, in California, um, right now we have Proposition 62, which would abolish the death penalty. The League has a position supporting abolition of the death penalty, so we are yes on Prop 62 and no on Prop 66. Yes, good. Um, So, you know, this election season is going to be the first presidential election without the full protection of the Voting Rights Act passed back in 1965. Yes. Give us some idea what voter suppression is and, and what it looks like today. Okay, this is very interesting. Um, There's many different types of voter suppression, and some we actually were able to outlaw through that wonderful Voting Rights Act of 1965. And... um, Uh, Voting suppression tends to exist in all democracies. It's um, an attempt to suppress the votes of those who don't agree with a presiding power structure. And in America, this became particularly significant after the Civil War, when the former Confederate states confronted a population of emancipated male former slaves with the right to vote. They dreamt up methods like poll taxes, literacy tests, etc., as voter suppression methods. And this was outlawed, finally, by the Voting Rights Act after much struggle uh, and the famous March to Selma in 1965. But if you also think back, originally the rules that we made when we established the Constitution only enfranchised white men who owned property to vote. Mm -hmm. And so voter suppression of women and minorities, in a sense, was baked into the cake. Mm -hmm. There are four major types, I would say, of um, 
voter suppression. One are structural, where the legislature has designed the way of voting in such a way that it disenfranchises some voters or empowers others more. One is redistricting, and I think we've all seen pictures of Mm -hmm. gerrymanders and that kind of thing. Likewise, there's also um, a disenfranchisement of felons, so Mm -hmm. that nobody who's currently in prison for a felony can vote except in a couple of states like Maine and Vermont. Um, This isn't true in Europe, and actually politicians go to campaign in prison so that they are seeking prisoners' votes, etc. But in some states, and particularly those in the southern area of the United States, um, felony convictions can be used to disqualify voters permanently, Mm. and oftentimes this represents a significant portion of African-American male voters who are unable to vote, oftentimes for their lifetime. Um, Those are the structural ones. Other ones have more to do with administrative procedures like purging of voter rolls and There's actually some court cases that have been decided just this afternoon and maybe headed to Mm. the Supreme Court, but federal judges have said that certain states who conducted significant voter purges of um, purging of voter rolls where they disqualify felons, but also anybody with a similar name, Mm. that kind of thing, can Mm -hmm. um, disenfranchise lots of voters. This happened in Florida in 2000, where about 26,000 voters were taken off the roll, and that would have made a big difference in the uh, Bush Mm. v. Gore decision. Um, There's also methods that confront um, convenience and money, Um, things like uh, voter IDs, Um, where voters are asked to get their birth certificate so they can get the right kind of government-issued ID, so-called to prevent voter fraud. But since voter fraud is practically non-existent, it's kind of like a reimposition of the poll tax and other kinds of things to try and um, disqualify lots of people from voting. Um, oftentimes people will feel like they don't have the right type of ID and not show up even if they actually do. Um, there's also ways in which that can cost money. You have to travel to another state to get an original copy of your birth certificate and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. those are um, ways that voter IDs and there's some laws now, I mean the courts now are striking down some of the laws in Texas and North Carolina that have made it very hard for people to register. There's also um, early voting, which has been very important, and great numbers of voters, including myself, actually voted um, early, and having polls that are available not just uh, on Tuesdays, but um, and not and before and after work hours, et cetera, can be very important. Mm-hmm. And California now has those, so that that's, um, and it's moving in that direction. So mm-hmm. I think that's an important advantage. But as you can see in areas like North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, you can get huge lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona recently have huge lines waiting to vote in uh, people four and five hours in line to Mm -hmm. vote in the primaries, Mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. And uh, courts are beginning to step in and strike those down. One of the problems is that oftentimes the people who are administering the laws in some states are 
partisan members of yes. political parties. So yeah. we know Catherine Harris at the same time that she was Secretary of State in Florida in 2000 also was co-chair of the Bush campaign. Right, and, and there's I some of that going got- on now with the Democratic Party, but we won't go there. <laughs> so um, okay. I, it's interesting that you mentioned fraud. This is one of the statistics that shocked me. A lot of people don't even know this. It's so ironic that um, people would uh, say that there's being voter fraud when only 38% of the people who are eligible to vote at all actually vote. You know what I mean? So it's like, well, where are we getting fraud from when we can't even get uh, the full participation of citizens who are eligible to vote to vote? Anyway. I think it's a myth that's been perpetuated by one particular party that's been trying to put in voter suppression laws so that if you claim you're curing the disease of fraud by establishing voter IDs and photo IDs, um, you are disenfranchising thousands and thousands of voters. And it turns out that over the past 14 years, out of six billion votes, there have been like 13 cases of voter fraud in person. (laughs) (laughs) So that it's really um, a cure in search of a disease that doesn't exist. And I think it can be very um, difficult, and particularly there's a really interesting study from the University of California in San Diego, where it turns out that 10 to 15 percent of minority voters are feel like they can't produce the right kinds of voter ID mm. and that those people are then disenfranchised. Right. So it's a real way of voter suppression at this point. In addition to that, there's another method, um, in addition to the structural ones and the administrative regulatory ones or the convenience and money ones, and that's plain fear and intimidation. Mm-hmm. And I think and we haven't seen much of that since 1965 and when we had the Voting Rights Act because it really stopped the Klan from uh, intimidating voters in the South. Well, I have to stop you right there because my sister voted um, for Barack Obama in Florida. And one of the things she called me on the phone to tell me what's happening when she went to vote was they would line up highway patrolmen and sheriff cars all the way on on the way to the ballot box. They didn't say anything to them. They would just be lined up. You know, anybody who's afraid of the police or has a warrant or whatever, they're not going to (laughs) want to go. And that is so crazy. Excellent example. So, um, and I think actually there was one county up in um, northeastern California where the sheriff was starting to put his um, patrol cars outside the voting booths and People went to court to stop it, but um, it can happen in a a variety of circumstances. But I also think that um, the other thing we're hearing is about um, one of the candidates saying, hey, there's a whole lot of voter fraud going on in certain areas, and you guys have to go check it out and challenge voters and stuff like that. And that this can be very intimidating to people, and it's against the law in California to challenge voters at the polls. If you want to do it, you have to do it way before the um, election date, et cetera. So we don't have these problems here, but in other states, that's very important. And in fact, just this afternoon, some federal court have um, ruled to continue a protective injunction against the Republican National Committee and members of the Republican Party 
and has now extended that to the Trump campaign and also to um, the uh, um, Roger Stone, who is a particular operative who's organized a group called Stop the Steal, et cetera, mm-hmm. which implies that people are stealing the vote, but mm-hmm. are not actually doing it. So we've got several court injunctions that probably will be going up to the Supreme Court, but the Republican Party has a 10-year um, uh, ruling that prevents them from hassling people at the polls under the guise of voter security. Okay. So um, are you just rolled into what we were going to ask next is what's being done? I know the League of Women Voters and lots of other organizations are filing lawsuits, both for the primaries uh, on the way that went down and for um, gerrymandering and a lot of other things that are going on. What can we do as citizens? What can we do to protect our right to vote? Wow, thank you for asking. That's a great question. Um, I think that one of the things I hope everyone does is model for their kids and their friends, taking your kids and adolescents to vote so that everybody in the family knows this is a tradition that you have to go vote every single time, not just in presidential elections. There's also a great publication by the ACLU that lists voters' rights at the polls, and you can be familiar with that. There's also a Voters' Bill of Rights on the Secretary of State's website. And if you volunteer to work at the polls, you really start understanding the rules. And you can also see the excellent systems that California has in place. But I think there's some other major things that we need to do, and that is, one, encouraging nonpartisan citizens redistricting commissions mm-hmm. as opposed to having partisan legislatures draw their own lines of their own district. Mm-hmm. Two, I think we can really work to enfranchise felons if we truly believe in universal suffrage. Everybody should be able to vote, whether mm-hmm. you're in prison or on parole or not. European countries, people can vote. Maine and Vermont allow it. Politicians can go to prisons and campaign. Mm-hmm. I also think we need to really urge to have nonpartisan secretaries of state mm-hmm. who are therefore not prone to do partisan voter purges and mm-hmm. create um, an absence of early voting sites or make sure that none of them are placed in minority areas, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. I think that the citizens can also demand that they have early voting, adequate polls, open evenings and weekends, mm-hmm. not just on from 8 to 5, et right. cetera, so that they have access to that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things that's happening currently is that the Koch brothers and other super PACs are beginning to entertain secretaries of states with um, donations and also excursions of various kinds. Let's all go hunting together. Those are the people who actually are in control of the wording of the ballot measures, which can be really key to whether they pass or fail. And I think we need to make sure that our elections officials are strictly nonpartisan. Yeah, and that's so going to that be hard to do. That could make a big difference. But people, particularly in states where you've got a legislature and a governor, all of one party, right. that's where you tend to see uh, a lot of these rules. Or also in states that have a history of this kind of thing, so that if we see these much more in the um, and voter ID laws, et cetera, in former Confederate states, et cetera. So that's another major issue. Yeah, and so um, 
what about what is the position of the League of Women Voters on a national federal uh, voting holiday? Ah, <laughs> we support that. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. So did, is there anything else you wanted to tell us about? You can also all join the League of Women Voters, yes. which welcomes both men and women and people of all backgrounds. And uh, it's a great organization that's been fighting for everybody's right to fair voting. So give out the uh, local or California uh, League of Women Voters website. That's um, lwvc.org. That's League of Women Voters of California. And we've also got all our ballot measure recommendations up on that website so that you can find that. You can also find local leagues near you through that website as well. Thank you so much, Lee. I really appreciate all the information and all of the work uh, historically that the League of Women Voters has done. Long live the League of Women Voters. And I hope you guys are ready in case there's chaos chaos after this election next Tuesday. I don't think it's going to go very smoothly. I think we're going to be needing a lot of poll watches and all kind of other things going on. Well, I hope that the courts come through and put an end to some intimidating tactics, and it's been a real pleasure talking with you, Joy. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. And, and don't forget to vote. Go out and vote. Don't forget yeah. to vote. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank Bye-bye. you. We're listening to spies. That's ballots, not bullets. Man said he'd rather die on his feet than live on his knees. I love it. Uh, before that, we were speaking with Lee Lawrence, the California director of the League of Women Voters, about the challenges many people face trying to exercise their right to vote. So if you want more information about the League of Women Voters, go to 
lwvc.org and support them. That's a great organization. They're doing some wonderful work. That's true. Um, Now we get to the part of the show that I like the most, talking with you. This election is a big deal for most people in terms of the candidates and ballot measures. We also know that because of the tone and tenor of the election, many people are either passing on going to the polls or only voting on local issues. Tell us what you're planning to do. Call us at 510-848-4425. Please, let's keep it brief so we can get as many calls in as we possibly can. Again, the number is 510-848-4425. We want to hear from you, our listening audience. We know you're out there. We know you got things to say. This is Berkeley. This is California. So I know there's lots of opinions out there. So we want to hear what your plans are. Are you going to vote in the national election? Are you going to vote for president? Are you going to only vote for the local issues or are you going to stay home? And tell us why, too. Again, the number is 510-848-4425. We're going to play a little music while we wait for you to call in.
Welcome back. This is Full Circle on 94.1 KP- FM KPFA. Uh, you just heard Vote by Little Steven, and we are taking phone calls. If you want to join the conversation here, the call us at 510-848-4425. Let's go right to our first caller, Nick in Fremont. Welcome to Full Circle. Thanks for calling in. Yes, hello. Uh, excellent show so far. I have a quick uh, question. So we talk about voter suppression, but there's also candidate suppression. Mm. Third-party candidates such as Jill Stein, Gary yes. Carson, Evan McMullen, and others yeah. have a very difficult time to even be able to get on state ballots, and they're excluded from the debates. So in a way, it affects voter suppression because we have very limited number of choices. And I know historically the League of Women Voters was very open to including third-party candidates. So I just wanted to bring that up, that it's also the candidates that affect true change are also excluded from the process. All right. Thank you for that, Nick. You're absolutely right. There's candidate suppression, third-party suppression. But also, um, I really want to truly believe that during this last primary season that the Democrats, the established Democrats, suppressed the uh, voters, people who chose Bernie Sanders and were not fair with that. But thank you for that call. Let's go to another one. Okay. We have Pamela in Berkeley. Pamela, you're on the air. Hi. I have, um, I've worked at polls, you know, taking the ballots, and I've um, gone around taking videos that I instantly uploaded to a site of people that had complaints about the polling places and in the past. And this time, because of all the hyperbole and hysteria and the advertising and the, the uh, you know, obfuscation of some of the, the uh, issues, I took my time and spent several days reading up on all of the different propositions and uh, thinking about my votes, writing them down, let them sit for a few days, then went back to them after learning a few other things, then very carefully wrote my ballot and sent it in. All right. Congratulations. <laughs> Early That's voting. great. I, recom- I recommend it if you really want to be sure that you're voting, you know, what your conscience and so on. Right. So take and a I'd moment. Like to, yeah, I'd like to say that even though I agree with the and that just that with Nick that just called. I have to say that uh, when I voted for uh, Al Gore and also um, uh, Nader, it uh, I think it did dilute the. the it, I think and also Ross Perot uh, diluted you know the elections by having third and fourth choices and mm-hmm. so on. Much as I disagree with you know, having only two, I don't know it's just, if, if, it's the, if, if it's a choice of Trump or Hillary. I mean, I do not want people to vote for Jill just to dilute the choice. Right. <laughs> you know, get Trump in. Yeah, it like is Trump. a dilemma. But <laughs> I firmly believe, this is my own personal belief, that you should vote your conscience, period. Not, anybody can't tell you who to vote for, you know? I have always done that. All right. Most of my candidates have not won. <laughs> Good. Good Thank to you. know. Thank you for your call. Thanks. Bye. Uh, okay, bye-bye. All right. You're listening to Full Circle. We're taking phone calls. If you want to call us, there are some lines open, 510-848-4425. We want to hear about what you're doing this voting uh, election season. Are you voting? Are you staying home? Are you voting local? Are you voting nationally? Uh, are you advocating for people to vote? Call us, 510-848-4425. Let's take another call. Judy and Santa Clara, welcome to Full Circle. Thanks for calling. Well, thank you, and thank you so much for giving us a chance to share with each other. It's fantastic. So um, I'm fully participating. I'm going to vote by mail. Um, I'm especially encouraging people to support the down ticket items and such. I'm volunteering to help get out 
pro-environmental vote in the millenniums. And then also, I really want to encourage people to spread the word about KPFA because I think there's sometimes, you know, maybe the people in Berkeley know about it, but down here on the peninsula, most of the people I ask, they don't. And I made my own business cards that talk about uh, KPFA to give out. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, please, people, this this is such a gem and we need it so bad. So please do whatever you can. Make a note at, at, at the, you know, community bulletin board and the last thing is um i'm not buying gas on november 11th because i heard about we're boycotting it to support the people at standing rock yes good great idea november Fantastic. 11th don't buy gas sounds good to me yes thank you thank you for your participation and calling in judy we really appreciate it thanks judy i appreciate you guys thank you bye-bye bye-bye uh, uh call us at 510-848-4425 we have another person on the line, Rebecca. Rebecca, you're live. Hello. I'm Hi. from Richmond, <laughs> and I have another take on voting your conscience in the presidential election. I'm a very progressive Democrat. I wholeheartedly supported Bernie, but right now my conscience is telling me that this racist, sexist, horrible bully just needs to lose as badly as possible and my conscience is i'm going to vote for hillary and send him packing okay wow thank you very much we appreciate your opinion <laughs> thank you <laughs> you know what i'm excited about that you're participating exactly and you vote for who no. you want to vote for and i'm happy for you i love it and also don't forget to vote in the city elections a lot of really big stuff happens in these little races that most people forget about Right. That's true. Yeah, there are quite a few propositions. In fact, we're going to take phone calls in a little while about the propositions that are up. 17 ballot initiatives, I think, for the state of California alone. So it's a lot involved, and you have to pay attention. But more than anything else, exercise your right to vote. Get out there. Put your early ballot in. Talk to your family, friends, uh, students, children that are old enough to get out and exercise that right. We all, That's the only power we really have, and we need to use it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rebecca. All right. If you want to join the conversation, we're going to take one more call, 510-848-4425. Let's go to Vic in Fresno. Vic, are you there? Welcome to Full Circle, Vic. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on. If you want to call us, you can join the conversation, 510-848-4425. What about you, Teresa? What are you planning on doing? You voting? Of course I'm voting. I think that, that that's the thing to do. I don't understand anyone who, um, and this is just my personal opinion, I don't understand if Go ahead. I don't understand if you don't want to exercise your right to vote. Yeah, the the problem is when people say, oh, it doesn't make any difference, it's not important, and they don't vote, and then they get mad when their health insurance benefits go away exactly. or their abortion rights benefits go away. Right. So um, we are going to try this again. Let me see. Vic, um, welcome to Full Circle. Vic Sunnyvale. Hold on. Vic in Sunnyvale. Welcome to Full Circle. Hello? Hello? Hi, Vic. How are you? Pretty good. Oh, it's Chris. Chris. Oh, hi, Chris. Okay, Chris, we'll take it. Thanks for calling Full Circle. What do you like to say? Well, most of all, I'm, uh, I don't know how many millennials you got, but I'm 27. Okay. Uh, I've never missed an election my whole life. 
Okay. Uh, one biggest thing I definitely tell people when they vote by mail, I, I work on campaigns, and one thing I always tell people is to make sure when you vote by mail, make sure your signature matches the signature on voter registration card. Oh, okay. Because if it doesn't, then what's going to happen is that it can be challenged and your ballot will be disqualified. Okay. Good information. Yeah. That's uh, Any other tips besides um, making sure your signature, anything else? Definitely with the new state law now is that uh, if you have, most people might hold on to their ballot and they might mail it in on election day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new state law is that if you get your ballot in by that Friday, so mm-hmm. this coming Friday the 11th, okay. your ballot will actually still count. Oh. So you can either walk it in on election day or mail it, but it has to be postmarked on election day. Before 12 a.m., right? Before 12 the next day? Before 9 o'clock? I Correct. mean, November 9th? Yep, before November 9th. Okay, good. Oh, I'm glad to hear this because I wanted to know if I'm holding on to a ballot right now, not me per se, but if I have a ballot now and I need to um, walk it in, am I in time for the count? So that's good to know. Yeah, definitely always go to your, your county registrar of voters or uh, election age or point location or early voting sites throughout your county. Oh. Okay, great. Thank you, Chris, correct? Yep. Thank you, Chris. We're, Thank you all so much. Okay, have a great evening. All right, let's take one more call on this, Teresa. You want to do it? Uh, okay, we're going to try Vic once more? No. Or, oh. Calum in... Calum in Fairfax. Welcome to Full Circle, Calum. Hi, thank you. Yeah, I'm going to vote in both the national and the local elections, but I wanted to comment on something you said just a minute ago, that voting is the only power we have, because uh, I think that Black Lives Matter and a lot of, like, the uh, Dakota Access protests have shown us that our power isn't just in voting, but mm. it's definitely important for us to take advantage of the right that we do have. Right. Well, I so agree with that. You. Yeah. But it's also important. What I, what I meant by that was if we are, truly have a representative government, which I don't think we do, but let's say we did, the um, one sure way of getting what we need in the pipeline or anything else is to have representatives that reflect our opinions and our ideas. And so if you don't vote, then you may not have people up there who um, express your values or share your values. So. And if you don't vote, then um, I think a lot of times you can't really argue you that things are not going the way that you want them to because you didn't um, exercise your right to vote. But you didn't give right. yourself a voice. But you're right. I don't want to limit our power. We got great power. <laughs> power in numbers. Power in unity. Yes. All right. We're going to take Vic from Fresno. Try to get Hi, Vic. How are you? Hi. How are you doing? All right. Welcome to Full Circle. Thank you. Finally, I got through. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you're a good station. Everybody wants to make comments, I think. Yes. Okay, uh, my comment is, actually, I'm trying to remind some people that if we had Obama during Bush time, and if what Obama did, uh, if, if, if what Obama had done, what Bush did, there would be no Democrats elected or people voting for him for probably decades. Let's not forget the mess that Bush made, and let's not takes it back to where it was. My father, myself, both filed bankruptcy during Republican times. And both of them were greedy, and both of them did nonsense stuff. Yeah. For, example, for example, during the Bush, they said, your consumption of the gasoline went up, and they jacked it up to $5.50. Right. When somebody is down, you don't kick it. The economy was down the toilet. Yes. And Mr. Cheney was taking advantage of it. Yeah. Do not... Do not pick this 
racist person that's trying to divide and take everything back where we barely got out of the hole. Please don't. Thank you, Vic. You're right. Thank please, you. Please don't. Okay, everybody here. Vic is cleaning. Thank yes. you so much for finally we finally come um, get calling it. Obama, trust me. Okay. God bless Obama for taking us out of that hole. All right. Thank you, Vic. Okay. Oh, my goodness. This is what I tell you. KPFA generates such an audience. So we are going to continue to take calls. We're going to switch, though. We're going to take a little music break. We're going to ask you to call in again, 510-848-4425. But we want to focus on the propositions now. Give us some yes. idea of what you're voting on. There's some critical stuff. Yes, there are several crucial measures on the ballot, including the uh, Prop 61, the prescription drugs uh, initiative. We have... Uh, Prop 62, the death penalty initiative, Prop 64, marijuana, and Prop 65, the plastic bags. So call us at 510-848-4425. Let us know what you think about these propositions. We're going to take a little music break. We'll be right back. for your phone call. We're waiting for your phone calls. We have open lines. 510-848-4425. Tell us what you think about the marijuana initiative, the bags, um, the death penalty initiative. There's so many out there. We have some local stuff, too, here in Berkeley for affordable housing and lots of other things. Call us, 510-848-4425. We want to hear from you, our listening audience. Yes, we do. The public, our citizens. Call us, 510-848-4425.
Welcome back to KPFA 94.1. We are talking about Election Day. We just heard from Election Day. And we just heard from <laughs> Arcadia. <laughs> Arcadia with the song Election Day. <laughs> uh, we have some other callers on the line now. We have um, George or Jorge in Oakland. You're on the call online. Yeah, George. George, okay. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fine, thank you. I was a little disappointed, though, that you guys didn't mention Proposition 57. You're talking about plastic bags, but you're not addressing the criminalization of youth of color. And that was something that was basically through Proposition 21, 16 years ago. We called it the Criminalization of Youth Act. Um, it took it took basic infractions and elevated them to misdemeanors, misdemeanors elevated them to felonies, and it allowed DAs the discretion to try youth as young as 14 years old as adults for certain crimes, and Prop 57 will undo direct files. So I'm real disappointed y'all didn't talk about that. We haven't talked about anything. We were just mentioning a couple. I'm glad you talked about it, and that's why we had you call in, so you could tell us about it. Thank <laughs> you, thank you. So I'm looking at the 57 Criminal Sentences, Parole, Juvenile Criminal Proceedings, and Sentencing Initiative Constitutional Amendment to the statute. So you're saying uh, you're against it? No. <laughs> what I'm saying is I'm it will over 57. Yes, it yes it. on 57. 57 will undo what Proposition 21 did. Okay. So okay. It'll take away the discretion from district attorneys to try a young person as, as young an adult. Years old as an adult. That's like a conflict of interest to ask a DA to have that discretion. They okay. Took away from judges, so it's taking discretion and shifting it back to judges. It's also shifting the burden of proof from the defense to the prosecution, so that will keep more youth in youth court where they belong. And it's also going to allow us the opportunity to make future changes to Proposition 21 with a simple 50% majority in the legislature instead of two-thirds majority. It will allow good time credit. It will allow early parole hearings for folks with nonviolent convictions. So it's basically addressing mass incarceration. So I think it's something y'all should be talking about. All right, we are. We're talking about it now because of you, George, from Oakland. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you, George. All right, he's saying yes on 57. Let's go to Pedro in Hanford. Welcome to Full Circle. Okay, cool. Props to the guy who was just talking before me. Um, I'm here to talk about um, 64 and how it affects the Central Valley, so I'm voting yes on it. Okay. Partly because um, I am a medical user and, you know, I'm cool with everyone else using, but also the um, marijuana is just becoming an excuse for the police state that's developing in the Central Valley. I mean, there are so many correctional officers. They're building so many new jails. Um, so many dispensaries are being just um, shut down because, um, you know, the Fresno sheriffs know that 64 is going to pass. Um, so right now, I mean, a lot of people are talk on, on KPFA are, you know, talking that 64 is going to pass. But, you know, um, there should be, I mean, I just, just for some people who attention that there's a lot of crackdowns going on just because 64 is passing. Right. Um, yeah, so I just want to leave it at that, and uh, thanks for the show. All right, thanks for calling in. We're going to take one last call because we've got to end this show really quick. Let's go to Jesse in Oakland. Welcome to Full Circle. Yeah, um, first of all, I want to totally agree with George from Oakland. Um, that he is really knowledgeable, and he's right on. So, um, yeah, vote yes in favor of that. And then also I wanted to give you a heads up, in case anybody's wondering, the Alameda County Green Party has a great voter guide online. Okay, um, okay. They break it down for you really, really well, and they put a lot of work into it. And then last but not least, I want to talk about the um, proposition for the plastic bags. I want everybody to know that that is put on the ballot by the plastic bag mm -hmm. industry just to confuse you mm -hmm. and enable them to keep 
selling toxic and destructive plastic bags by the millions and millions in California. Okay. So vote no against that is totally funded by the plastic bag industry. All right, good. Thank Great. you for that. Thank you so much for the information. We really appreciate it. And can I add one more thing? Really quickly. Proposition 61. All right. Favor of that, the big pharmaceutical industry has put tens of millions of dollars into defeating that. They're yes. terrified that they're going to lose some profits. All right. Right. Yes on 61. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it, Jesse. All right. That brings us to the end of our show tonight. Tune in next week to Full Circle at 7 p.m. right here on KPFA 94.1. Check out our website at kpfaapprentice.org. There you can listen to our past shows and also see photos of us with some of our guests. Our executive producer is Miss M. Our technical director is Free Will and Franklin Sterling. Joy Moore, here with me tonight, is our production consultant. And Sylvia Torres is on the board. We have been your hosts. I am Teresa Adams. And I'm Joy Moore. We want to congratulate President Obama on being the first African-American president. Thanks to you, our listening audience, for tuning in and for calling in to our voter show tonight. Stay tuned for La Onda Baita.